Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're listening to The Decision Hour. I told you we had a very special guest lined up for you this week, and uh, I'm excited to have him on. It's an honor to have him on, Mr. Shia LaBeouf. How you doing? Hey, it's a while to hear nothing from you. Thank you, sir. Hey, listen, uh, you got this new, you play a U.S. Marine, Gabriel Drummer, on your new film, Man Down. Uh, yep. I, the biggest question I have is, you know, how, how long did you have to prepare for this role? I mean, the Marine-specific part, I had about two and a half months. Okay. Uh, uh, the rest of it, you know, it's been off and on my whole life, you know. There's a bunch of truth in there that, uh, you know, has, has to do with being a Marine. It also just has to do with being a person who's been living with a warfighter my whole life or as long as he was in my house. A lot of this has to do with, you know, my father and his relationship with me. And I come from it. I'm of it. I come from a huge lineage of warfighters all up until me. I'm the only person who didn't join. Um, and that's, you know, has a lot to do with what I went through and what my dad feels about war and how it affected him. You know, my dad came back, uh, you know, touched, war hit him. And, uh, you know, that, that was way before my actor. So, I mean, in a way you could say I've been preparing for this, you know, most of my life. Yeah. And I mean, it, I had a chance to watch the movie and it and it's, uh, as a veteran myself, I mean, it, there's, there's a lot of areas there that hit home, you know, pretty hard. Um, yeah. you, and, and the fact that you brought the first off, thanks for, thanks for sharing, uh, the fact that you grew up, you know, kind of, kind of around this and whatnot. Was that one of the reasons why you wanted to take on this role? I think that was a big part of it. Uh, you know, another big part of it was, um, if you remove the military from it for a second, which I know is hard to do on your podcast, but if we just step back for a second, you know, the movie's really about a dude whose job really affected him. Right when you boil it all the way down and then, and then when you back up a little further, how that, how that inadvertently affected his family and everything in his life. And so, you know, I, I, I can't compare it to a Marine. I can't compare it to a real warfighter. I ain't never been through anything like that in my life. Nothing, uh, nothing I have been through has come even a fraction of, uh, uh, uh it's just incomparable. But what I know of trauma is what I know of trauma, you know? And for me, I've had enough to be able to exhibit that truth and, and how those things have made me feel. And so, you know, I, I got this role when I was pretty much in the slumps, you know, I was feeling pretty low. This is a time when people weren't trying to have my, uh, you know, uh, uh, have me in the industry. You know, I had sort of been blackballed from, uh, from studio films because of some things that I said, some films that I made. And I, and I also was blackballed from like the independent film because people thought I was batshit crazy. Forgive my language. No, you're good. But you know, I was I was I was exercising something and I was trying to explore something. And, and at the time, it wasn't edible. It just came off like this dude is batshit crazy. And I understand that, you know. And so I was sitting in my room just feeling fucking tore up. Uh, and uh, I had a friend of mine who knew about it, and he sort of came at me like, you know, look, man, I got this script here. This is some heavy lifting. I know you're looking for something to get involved in that's got some intrinsic value attached to it, something that's bigger than just make, you know, getting paid. And uh, this might be able to help you get through some of this shit you're dealing with. Yeah. You know, he pitched it to me like some kind of exorcism. He didn't pitch it to me like, let's go do this movie. He pitched it to me like, yo, bro, let's get healthy, my G. He was trying to save me. I was feeling low when it came. Right. Really low, like feeling crazy low, you know, like having to go talk to people and, you know, really leaning on my support system. And this movie came along. And I know for me, and I didn't join this as no Mother Teresa, let me go pitch the good message. I'm not that guy. Right. I got into this because I needed some help. 
And so for me, this felt like gestalt therapy, the kind of therapy where they lock in a room and just make you scream till you're exhausted, you know? Right. And there's something therapeutic about living as if. They, you know, this is this Polish therapy goes back centuries. You know, I know a lot of these, some of my war fighters that I've met on the road been doing this, and it's helpful. Actors do it too. So when I got this role, it was sort of like, yo, man, uh, get your shit together. And, and it just so happened that a lot of stuff that was on the page was also going on in my life. Uh, and the other part of it is my dad came back from Vietnam with PTSD. And a lot of stuff you see in the movie that I'm doing with my kid, I got from my father worse. Uh, and so I have an understanding of it. Uh, and I'm close to a bunch of war fighters, you know, and, uh, anyway, I, I get the job and I, I try to, I'm giving you the fast forward, uh, uh, explanation of how, how and, and why no, you know, I got the look- job. And then, uh, I called up some, some dudes I knew from when I was working on fury. I went to the national guard and I knew a couple of guys from chaplains and the chaplains that I knew jump between, you know, uh, being Marine, uh, being an army chaplain, they jump all over a fob because there's only so many chaplains on a base. So they knew some Marines who were down at Pendleton who that they could connect me with who were running boot camp. And I was like, well, that'd be fantastic. Let me go see if I can, you know, uh, get some help. And the Marines, I sent the script to them, their media guy, and they didn't want nothing to do with it. It was the total opposite of the kind of reception I got when we did Fury. We did Fury, and I went into the guard. I sent them the script, and they said, we'll help. They put me with a chaplain right away, and they ushered me into the National Guard, and I was there for a good four months. Mm-hmm. They gave me everything, opened every door, and helped me in. When it came to this movie, I felt the exact opposite. I felt every door close. So the only way that I could get into a Marine boot camp situation was to get close to the Marines and enter as a family visitor. Okay. So I did that, but I couldn't do boot camp. So we tried to create some kind of lame Hollywood boot camp with me and Jai and three of these dudes from this boot camp. Tony, David, uh, who are both brothers and run a boot camp at Pendleton, this guy named Nick Jones Jr. who became my heart. I figured that wasn't going to work real well. Nick Jones Jr. was on the GI Bill. He had just done three tours in Afghanistan. And I asked him if he wanted to roll with me in an assistant capacity, which really just meant, yo, dude, I need you to talk to me all the time. So I was paying this Marine to roll with me and talk to me all the time and sit by the monitor and check me whenever I was full of shit. And that's what we did, and that's how the movie got made. I found a Marine who I fell in love with, whose sensibilities matched mine, who had gone through something similar, who was on the GI Bill to become a screenwriter and wanted to roll with me, and I took him to Louisiana, and me and Jai piled up with these three dudes, and we created a little family. Man, that's that, and that's so cool to hear that that happened that way. I mean, a lot of the times when you're dealing with, you know, sometimes you see some of these movies in, in Hollywood that come out, and, and it was particularly in military movies. Cause a, a lot of my listeners are are from the military veteran community, and it, sure. and you kind of pick at it a little a little bit. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of was looking at this. I was like, all right, you know, I was I was in the army. Your you know your your uh, uh, your character uh, Gabriel Drummer plays is a Marine. Uh, I got a lot yep. of friends that are Marines, and and I asked, uh, you know, for some of the other ones, uh, people out in New York that that have that have seen this. I said, "What do you guys think?" And they're like, "Man, it 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 hits." I mean, I've I've heard nothing but good things about this. So when I saw it, again, I didn't know what to expect, and it there there I can remember there was a point in the movie where it where it was it was like a gut punch. Where it was like, boom, it's it's there, and and it's I can't. I can't wait for everybody else to see this, but I, I got another question I want to ask you here because I'm really curious. Go for it. 
cool. and, the, and the fact that you that you've shared so much. But any was there any particular time during the movie where you felt you know partially emotional, where it, it was almost like you weren't even filming, like it, but it was happening right then and there to you. Hundred percent. That was I mean where you try to get every day. You try to get completely the fuck out. You try to bug the fuck out. You try to get so lost you don't give a shit anymore. That's when you're into the good stuff. When you're past the worrying about what you're coming off like. When you're actually there in the moment and you feel your feet in your shoes and and he's not Gary Oldman anymore, but he's for real your therapist. When you get to some kind of weird place where you're playing cops and robbers but you're really robbing a bank, that's when it gets in that's when it gets honest and truthful and kind of strange because in the back of your head you're saying no way this is real but then you also got a coin in your pocket that Nick Jones's father gave you that he got when he was in boot camp and it just feels so fucking real because everyone's rooting for it it's a bit like something religious it gets it gets wild where you don't need no proof you got so much faith in the moment when it when it's good so yeah to answer that question not this I mean it sounds pretentious as hell but when it's working and then you go over to the monitor and you're sitting next to a dude who he knows not going to bullshit you and he's looking at you like that was it right there and you feel like that was it right there and his father says it and then you ask your director it's just a we had a system of we had a, a no bullshit system on this set that was the best thing I'd ever had as an actor because you're not waiting for the movie to come out to get the sign off you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it happened it, in it's real all time. Right. It, it's all right there because of the people you have backing you right there right, on set. Right, And not in some kind of military advisor capacity where there's one guy and he's got the whole opinion. We kept the camp healthy. We had about four or five warfighters by the monitor at all time. And in Ditto, you got a director who knew he wasn't a warfighter. He wasn't posturing like he knew better. You get a lot of these directors because the job is the last dictatorial position on a film set who when they get to making a movie, they want to be alpha male, and they want to tell you how it happened over there. But they don't know fuck all about that. So you wind up with these movies that are way lost, you know, you know that might have good performances, but don't got nothing to do with the military. And I'm not going to poo-poo any of these movies, but there's a couple of movies that have been really received critically, astoundingly, have won Academy Awards, huge honors, and don't have fuck all to do with the truth. Right. And that's because there's a huge divide between the people who crush the grapes and the people who drink the wine. And, when, and these film critics are, are wine tasters. They don't know shit about crushing grapes. So I've been spending the last three weeks getting street credit. It's why I'm talking to you. It's why I'm going base to base. I look dudes in the face and ask them what they think. And, uh, and this is why I wanted to do this. Because there's, there's a... There's a level of truth that don't need no criticality or critical acclaim or even box office. There's a level of truth in this kind of movie thing that's bigger than all that. That's bigger than any kind of glory. That's closer to some kind of shamanistic health ritual where you go into a movie theater, you don't know shit, you look at the screen and the movie tells you, me too. And if you're a soldier and you're coming back from war and you're in a society that don't know shit about what that was, not even close, no matter how many documentaries they watch. They don't know shit about what that was. All you want to hear as a soldier is me too. You want support. Soldiers want support. They want to come home and they want to feel like their country has their back and they're fighting for a reason. 
You know, that's what, that's what a soldier wants. Every American soldier in every branch wants public support. They want as much of it as they could possibly have. And knowing that they have that support when they're over there, when they feel like we got their back, or fuck the politics, if they feel supported by their country, that is hugely, hugely important. And it's just as important when dudes get back. And we don't have that. You have a lot of movies that pander to that kind of thing the same way po politicians do, but they never actually touch on it. Even if I could just, you know, if you look at the way the word, the military sweeping the shit under the rug, because they only co-sign movies that they think will help their recruiting numbers. It's a business. So, for instance, the same way the Marines said no to our movie and I, we had to find our way around it, if you just look at the words they use, like the military doesn't want to deal with the actual issue, so they use these sly, euphemistic language things to protect themselves from the issue. They get really euphemistic, and their language gets really tricky. Right? Like every generation, it gets worse, too. So, like, when a warfighter's nervous system breaks down, and he's been absolutely stretched to peak capacity, and his fucking body can't take it anymore. The nervous system is snapped, or is just about to snap. In the First World War, they called that condition shell shock. It was really simple, honest, direct language. That's right. It was two syllables, just boom, shell shock, right? And then a whole other generation goes by, and the same combat condition in World War II is called battle fatigue. But, but because fatigue sounds nicer than shock. Right? right. Then a couple another more years pass, a couple more wars. Then comes operational exhaustion. Right now it's eight syllables, and the fucking humanity's been sucked out of it completely. And it's just one of them phrases you sound like you're walking in AutoZone to order a part for your car. Love you it. know, operational exhaustion. And then Vietnam, and now the same exact condition that used to be called fucking shell shock is now called post-traumatic stress disorder. The meaning of the word and what it means to the public has been completely replaced and buried by jargon. And then another war passes, and now we just say PTSD, like it's ADD or ADHD or, or some other surface dehumanized problem with a machine. Right. And these men aren't being dealt with on a human level, and we're trying to sweep it under the rug, and every single time we bring it up on a political social level, we deal with it in a way that's completely sucked of all of its humanity and don't have the public uh, in any kind of uh, capacity that understands where these men are at and you want to take their weapons away from them, and if they come to you with a problem, you want to chastise them, and because they're a federal agent, all they have from you is depressants and sedatives, yeah. legal and alcohol. You can't experiment with marijuana to see if it works because you're a federal agent and they'll fuck your whole life from you financially. You, if you come home and your wife was cheating on you, which is very rampant in the Marines, you can't even ask for a divorce on your terms because the military has now said that you're crazy. And so your girl can just turn around and say, yo, he's abusive. And you have no shot in hell of getting any kind of fair shot from the judge. So you are completely naked and lost. And the only thing they give you is depressants, which is why you have these suicide numbers skyrocketing. Yeah. And every time we have another politician comes in the door, the first thing he wants to talk about is how he's going to help the soldier. It's the second thing Trump talked about when he got up to say, hey, I'm a winner. He got up, he said, hey, man, we got shitty air, air, uh, air, airports. I'm going to fix the airports. I'm going to fix the highways. Oh, yeah, and I'm going to deal with the soldiers. And, oh, yeah, my kids are really cute. Let's congratulate them for being children. You know, so I just say, you know, I, I'm trying to be a part of something that's bigger than me, and I'm not trying to be a cheeseball about it. I'm trying to be for real about it. And so the best thing that I could do was get as close as I could and exhibit something as honest as I knew. 
And in doing that, I, I hope that we shine a light on something that needs to be really looked at as opposed to some, some, uh, some, um, trope that we that we hold up every year to make ourselves feel good about something we never want to actually face well i think i think you just answered my next question kind of was was you know what what do you hope others that when they watch this film what do you what do you hope that the that the the general public uh you know get from it at the very least something that we can for the first time in a while be united on as a country this is not a political issue Though every action in your life is now political because of where we are in, a, in the world, and you can't really do anything, including your aesthetic, your, 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 your beliefs, everything is political. The one thing that we can all agree on is the only for real altruists that exist in the world today are not your rich people who give money to autistic uh, children's funds or help the homeless and, and have no personal connection to the issues that they're talking about, or, or, or little actresses on TV that go save the whales. This is a for real issue that should be dealt with, that can be dealt with, that is, is completely, uh, 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 that, you, that gets trotted in front of the public to sell tickets to films. And it's a very fine line that I'm writing. Because our movie is not about the message, but it involves the message. Our movie's really a human film, and I'm not trying to juice the soldiers to get my shit to be successful. But if there's anything intrinsic about our film at all, it's not pitching answers. It's shining light, and it's saying me too on a human level. Oh no, I I, I think I think you hit it right on the head there. My I you know my after I watched the movie, my first impression of it this is an educational film. This this is something where. You know, if it people, could be, it, it, it and, could that's, be. and that's kind of, and that's how my, I'm, I'm kind of, that's how I, my first uh, impression of it was, is, you know, first is a little dark, uh, but as a vet, it, it, you, if, if I was a civilian outside looking in, you have a better understanding of what some of these uh, soldiers and, and, and armed forces people, you know, deal with when they come back from from being downrange being in theater being in war and and some of the effects of it and it, and it this one here is is pretty extreme i i don't know can't say that everybody would would experience this but there are a lot of guys and gals for that matter out there that that deal with this uh to this extreme and it, it is it is really i mean it it really like i said it was a punch in the gut um, I, hey man, I'm happy you saw it. I'm happy you let me talk to you, bro. You know, I I, I loved it. Listen, I got I got one more question. I I, I gotta Go ask you is is Go uh, has this role in any way changed your perspective on our nation's service members at all? I um I, I've been around a lot of service members just in what I've done. You know, you, you find that a lot of the guys who come home, if they get into Hollywood, they wind up in the stunt game. They wind up as stuntmen, right? And so all through Transformers, I had military around me, retired military. My father came home. He was a, a Vietnam vet. He was into AA real hard. And all the AA guys that he was around were also vets. So I was always around it. I've always been around it. Uh, and so uh, though I've never served myself other than like a, some weekend warrior stuff here and there, you know, yeah. um, uh, the one thing I did come away from is that there is a universal uh, thing about the soldiers that I've met that I think there is a misconception about uh, where they stand with their belief system in terms of their politics. The soldiers that I met ain't even fighting for the country. 
they're not even fighting for the politics or, or, or the people back home. When their feet hit the ground, they're fighting for the guy to their right and to their left. And that's as far as the thinking goes. And I don't know if there's anything more beautiful on this earth. And I don't see us treating uh, the other beautiful things in life with such disregard. Uh, and, and what's amazing about a soldier is no matter how long this has been going on, we're talking about a long time. This is, this is something that, that predates me by a lot. Uh, they don't never come out bitching. They don't never come out complaining. There's a stoicism to them that is, that is godlike. It's, it's, it, it, there's a grace to these people. I never thought soldiers were so graceful until this last runaround. You always hear about these rah-rah stories. For the most part, I'm not meeting that. I'm meeting really graceful, stoic individuals who, who remind you of Marcus Aurelius or something. Nice. Yeah. When you when you meet when you meet an 18 year old Mexican boy who just got out of boot camp who's at your screening, and he don't he don't give a flying fuck about your politics, and he don't really care if you support the flag or take your hat off of, at a football game or get on your knee or dance around. When he looks at you and he goes, "Yo, I love all these dudes right here." <laughs> there's very few things in this life that hit your heart like that as a man, as a woman. Yeah. For me, there's very few things that, that hit me like that. And healthy man love is one of them. And I like seeing it, you know, and, and it's rare. You get it in sport, you get it in, but you ne don't get it nowhere like you do. I'm, I'm a fan of drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a dramatist. Yeah. And you find the most incredible stories in these people. And they don't really share them. It's just like, you, you, there's just, I, I really treasure and value the time that I've been able to spend around these people. And it's really helped me understand my dad a little bit more. You know, some of the, the shit that went on in my life, being around some of these dudes now who've been long range and just come back, some of these dudes who are current, talking about what it's like to raise a kid, gives me a lot of empathy for my father, who I, I think I villainized and, and, and because of my youth and my ignorance. So... I don't know. That's been pretty cool. Me and my dad have gotten closer. That's awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking with Shia LaBeouf. He is uh, plays the role of uh, U.S. Marine Gabriel Drummer in his new film, Man Down, which is going to hit, uh, I believe it's world premiere, comes out uh, this Friday, December 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, sir. Um, I appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, hey, any, same, any, man. I'm honored. Any, any last words you want to tell our listeners? I really appreciate that, that you got this program, that, that you guys got this whole thing going on. I mean, I thought it would be hard to find a dude who I could speak like this to, and uh, it's cool how the whole thing worked out. It's pretty organic, and uh, I appreciate your time, man. Hey, I appreciate you, man. Take care, and, and you always got an open mic here with us. Thank you, boss. Thank you for your service. That was Shia LaBeouf talking about his new movie, Man Down, which premieres this Friday, December 2nd, in theaters everywhere. Special thanks to Shia for coming on to the show. Really appreciate it, my man. Lionsgate for giving us the opportunity to watch the film early and uh, check it out. Adrian Guillermo, big shout out to her for setting all this up. Uh, and a big special thanks to Heroes Media Group. Be sure to check out all the shows and all the sponsors at www.heroesmediagroup.com. That's all the time I got for this week, folks. Until next time, you've been listening to the decision hour.
can't try. 